Sports Pick 6 on this Monday, January 11th. Brad Dalius, Jerry Skelton, the president of AIM System, coming your way. Brand new week here on the podcast. Lots of football to get into. We are recapping Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We have the national championship game tonight in college football right here in our backyard, Jerry, in Miami. Lots of thoughts on that one. It was a very good, very good weekend, though, here. Uh, for this podcast, because if you followed Jerry, you were very happy with how this weekend panned out. Uh, winners just everywhere. Very, very few losses. Only one, in fact, that would be last night. Uh, Pittsburgh just not cooperating. The Steelers go one and done after, of course, starting the year 11 and 0. We have thoughts on that one to get into today. But Jerry, you know, what did you think about the six wild card games this weekend? How did it play out for you having more wild card games this year than we ever had before? Well, it's it's a bittersweet ending for us because, like you said, I mean, w- w- did you get the name Winners Only or WinnersRadio.com? We still working on that. We get that or what? Because all we do is give out winners here at AIMSystems.live. I mean, week after week. Uh, I mean, week after week, we just give out winners now. Bittersweet because we were perfect going into that Pittsburgh game last night. And here's the thing that really bothers me. If you are a fan of this show, which we hope you are, if you've been listening for, I don't know, 10, 12 weeks, you know at 11-0, I said to you the Steelers would be one and done in the playoffs. I said it at 11-0, and then I said it at 11-1, I said it at 11-2, even when they righted the ship, I said they would be one and done. And I don't even listen to myself, Brad. So I don't understand how I can call them a one and done fraud team and then go ahead and put my hard-earned money on that idiot Mike Tomlin and over-the-hill Ben Roethlisberger. But anyway, that's the only loser we had. And as you can see, I'm really bent up about it. But we'll just go down the list and break down each and every game and what we saw. And then we got the national championship game tonight. But yeah, we were we were pretty much perfect. Let's just go in order. We can start uh, day yeah, one. We'll on start Saturday. with Colts Bills. So Colts and Bills. Yep. Uh, you know, I I would say you had this plus seven. You took the Colts plus seven, and uh, not only did you have this, Jerry, the Colts themselves should have won this game. Yeah, outright. very easily. I mean, we, they had so many opportunities. Told you, when you're looking for an underdog, you're looking for one that can win the game outright. And we said we thought Indianapolis could win outright. We said we wasn't sure if they would, but the seven points was sure enough enough points to just kind of get us through here. So this game was won and lost in the first half, I want to say, because Indianapolis dominated that first half, okay? Dominated that first half. And they were up, I want to say it was 10-7, and they had the ball first and goal at the two-yard line, all right? So you're up 10-7, you have the ball first and goal, and it's already under the two-minute warning. So what are your options here? You go in 10-7, or you kick a field goal, you go in 13-7, or you get a touchdown, and you go up 17-7. None of those outcomes happen. Somehow, some way, third and goal from the one-yard line, they run a pitch play to Taylor, who I love. Terrible. But he Terrible. lost three yards, all right? So even if you just river sneak twice, he loses three yards on a pitch, and now you're looking at fourth and Four, fourth and goal from the four. Again, I'm not going to kill Reich over this decision because I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, you know what? If I kick this field goal here, the way Buffalo's offense moves the ball, you know, maybe this is for naught. Maybe we kick a field goal 
And then in the two-minute offense, they kick a field goal and we net zero points. So he's saying, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's what he, I'm thinking, again, I I can't get into his head, but I was okay with it in hindsight. Obviously, kicking the field goal was the right play. I wasn't, I'm not going to kill him about that, but they had a, uh, a first and goal from like the six. And I don't think they threw one pass into the end zone the first time around when they kicked the field goal. All right. Then they had a first and goal from like the three or the four and a second and goal from the one. They threw a pass then they threw that abomination of a pitch. So the play calling I can argue with, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking you're going to be up 10-7, 13-7 or 17-7. And sure enough, they go for it. They don't get it. The Bills are inspired. They go right down the field. They score a touchdown with about 18 seconds left. And now you're losing at halftime. And it's a completely different ball game. Again, they fell asleep. Uh, what's his name? My boy Blankenship with the big goggles. He missed a 33-yarder. <laughs> that's like an that's Yeah, like Jerry, a point. I, I have seven points in this game. Seven points at least that the Colts left out on the field. The missed field. They should have, in my book, they should have. And that's fine. And I'm not going to disagree half. with you. So we can, we can agree I know, there. I know. Go ahead. And then the th- right the three that Blankenship missed that that was a chippy, and then, the, uh, and the then they went for two. Way and too early. Th- they shouldn't have gone for two. Way too early. Right, we're on yep. the same page with that. So seven points right yep. there. And not only that, there's seven points, and you lose by three. Also, they kicked the field goal earlier, which again was the right call. But they had first and goal from the six, and they didn't attempt one pass into the end zone. It was like a run, a dink and dunk, a wide receiver screen, like. Just throw the ball in the end zone, Philip Rivers. Please. Just it amazes time. me. Doesn't it amaze you that when we get into the playoffs here, everyone knows you have to be able to throw the ball to win games. You have to throw the ball into the end zone, score points to win these type of playoff games. Doesn't it still amaze you that coaches still get ultra conservative crazy. and think and they can just the name you is know, gonna, blow the running back by The name by is going to escape me. I don't know why. Uh, oh, Pittman. And he's a beast. He's going to be unbelievable in this league. You got Pittman. He's wide open on almost every single play. Just throw him the damn ball. I feel like Keyshawn, throw me the damn ball. I mean, he, <laughs> wow, a, a USC guy as well. How about that? But, um, you know, they always come into the show somehow. The USC it was guys, way yeah. too conservative. Uh, and again, I watching this game, if you guys were watching this game, and I wish, you know, some of you guys can get in on some of this live action. Buffalo in the first half, they started on their own three. They started on their own six twice, and they also started on the 12. And then there might have been a touchback, which was their best start. They were pinned the entire game. Indianapolis was playing it perfect. At one time, I saw time of possession was like 19 minutes to nine, field position. Oh, they were they dominating. everything right. Yep. But at, at, at halftime, I said, you know what? I bet second half over pretty damn big. Uh, I got there. It was closer than I thought because it was only three points in the third quarter, but a 24 point explosion in the fourth quarter. I just thought with average field position, Buffalo was worth about 17 points themselves in the second half. And we knew that the Colts could move the ball. So it was something that, you know, again, aim systems dot live, you know, stuff that we can really educate you on and get you in on it. I can't give you a live bet on this unless we're talking in the middle of the game. It's really hard. Uh, but yeah, Buffalo gets the win. Indy gets the cover. We were dead right there. We have a lot of time to break down what's going forward. But I guess Philip Rivers has probably done in Indianapolis now, huh? 
That's what it looks like. I mean, he was surely emotional there in the post-game press conference. Apparently, Reich wants him back. Uh, ownership, obviously, has got to okay it and so forth. So we'll see. Uh, I, I think he's still got some left in the tank, though, right? I mean, he's better than probably, you know, half the quarterbacks in this league still, if you think about it. He can still sling it around. All right, game number two was the Rams versus the Seahawks. And we told you, either way, whether Goff went or Goff didn't go, that the Rams' defense was the best unit, single-unit offense or defense in the playoffs, and I think even better than the Kansas City offense. I think if I had to take one unit, I'd start with the Rams' defense. And and with Wolford or Goff, now Goff showed me something. Boy, did you see the picture of his thumb? It was about three times the size of his other thumb. He's got three pins in there, swollen. He had surgery 12 days ago, and he's playing an NFL football game. I mean, that that guy's got to get props for that. Easily, yeah. I mean, you talk about just having grit to come into that game like that. And when he did, I mean, Walford just gets his bell rung there. And thankfully, he's okay. Uh, who knows who's going to start next week against Green Bay. But in, in this game, for him to go in there showed a lot. I mean, on the road. I know there was no fans there in Seattle, and it was different, but still... It's a tough place to go exactly. into. It's it's just outdoors, the environment, you know, a lot of things going on in there. And Goff, like, he didn't have to do much. Cam Akers is coming on strong. Uh, he's like Todd Gurley reincarnated all of a sudden. I mean, again, they don't have to do much. The, the Rams defense is so dominant with Jalen Ramsey just shutting down DK Metcalf. And uh, Aaron Donald, Donald just can't be blocked by one gentleman. And, you know, it was a couple other guys. Like, the name escapes me, the guy who, who jumped that screen and returned to 42 yards for a pick six. By the way, pick six podcast. There we go. Our first pick six that we really get to talk about. Um, you know, he, you know, they played well. And Goff did what he had to do. Handed the ball off. Threw a couple of times on third down. Cooper Cup made a great adjustment on an underthrown ball that was like a 50-yard pass from Goff. That's like the only real signature play I remember in that game. And it wasn't even as close as the final, because I think Seattle scored last. It was 30-13 at one point. I mean, the Rams just played dominant on defense. They shut down DK Metcalf. We said, Goff is playing. Go ahead and fire away. Goff isn't playing. Go ahead and take Wolford plus a little bit more points. But we just had a feeling the Rams were the better team, and they were. Uh, again, we have more time to break down what's coming up. But the Rams, again, they're moving on. Now, again, I don't have anything against Wilson. But if you're talking about the entire league, no one man could be the favorite. Like, you can't be minus money to win the MVP after week three. I mean, that was ridiculous. But, uh, okay, so we got Indian. We got the Rams in. And then, um, you ever watch the show, The Tiger King? You ever see that? Of course. <laughs> okay. So, I think we're the teaser king. I'll call myself the teaser king. Because even you couldn't jinx us the other day. Calling, You know, jinx us with the teasers. We're undefeated here on the radio at aimsystems.live with our teaser. Our first leg was old man Tom, Tom Brady. He's, he's not jinxable. You can't, you can't jinx number 12 in the playoffs. We did get lucky here, and I'm going to tell you why. We didn't get lucky with the final score. Did get lucky that it was Tyler Heineke and not Alex Smith, but Heineke wasn't really a downgrade over Alex Smith, was he? He moved the ball well. He was scrambling, which Alex Smith could not do at this stage in his career. And he had a couple good plays, especially that touchdown run. So I say we got lucky because we didn't have to face Alex Smith. I don't think the result would have changed. What about you? I think Heineke is, uh, you know, he's got himself a permanent job in the NFL as at least a backup next yes, year. Yes, I mean, 100%. He'll get money to, to, to hold the clipboard. Uh, who's like the most famous? Okay, 
He could be like Jason Garrett. Remember Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett had like a 15-year career. I think he had like one start. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, he showed a lot. I mean, who's Clip Gordon hat? Coming. Yeah, I mean, look, and Tampa, I mean, they still scored 31, and they didn't play necessarily great. So that's, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, this was a game that, you know, the better team won and uh, the lesser team lost. But still, I mean, props to Washington. They did not roll over. The culture is different there now. I think we can say that. Going forward uh, with uh, Riverboat Ron there, uh, your uh, your fave there. I knew you were going to say uh, that just to piss me off. The culture is different. I mean, this is now a winning culture. Whether they can take the next step, we'll see down the line. But as of right now, it's not your same old Washington football team. All right. And so we're going to go out of order here because to close our teaser – we got that one in. To close our teaser, we went with the Saints. The Saints minus three. And again, I mean, they didn't play well. But boy, that defense was great. I mean, uh, I don't know if it was Devin Wims or Wims, whatever his name, Sims Wims. The guy um, 83 who dropped that pass. Trubisky. Horrid. A dime right between the eight and the three. One of the best passes I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. And a guy dropped it. Who knows? It could have been a different game. Well, I don't even know if he dropped it. Did he even touch it? Did it go like through his it hands? It went right through his hands. Right through. I, I think it grazed. It was like a whiff. It was a whiff. Yeah, it was right there. Uh, I feel bad for Trubisky. I really yeah. do. I mean, it's, come on. You, you got to catch that ball. I mean, this is the playoffs. I mean, you I mean, just- Darnell Mooney, their rookie stud out of Tulane, who's the speedster, was out. And then somebody got ejected for throwing a punch. I don't remember who that was. But they were, they're down to a bunch of, like, we make fun of, the vagabonds that are like the Dolphins receivers when Devontae Parker isn't playing, or even like when Devontae Adams was out, Rodgers throwing to. How about these guys Trubisky was throwing to? And he did everything he could to keep them in that game. They just, the Saints are dominant, and they played terrible. I mean, Taysom Hill missed a wide-open guy that when he fumbled and, and the Bears got it. I don't know if it was a fumble or an interception. The ball went up in the air. You could have called it either one. He did catch it before it hit the ground. But he had a wide open Deontay Thomas or Harris, whatever that little guy's name was, that had five catches the entire year, and he had six in the first half. What is his name? Thompson? Was it Thompson or Deontay Harris? Harris. Deontay, Deontay Harris. There we go. Deontay Harris. This little Evan guy. Patrick for the game. Yeah, it was his biggest of uh, of the year. And how about Michael Thomas getting his first touchdown of the year? I almost had to do like a pick on that. I was yeah. shocked. I mean, I play fantasy, but I did not draft Michael Thomas in any team, thank God. And when I heard them say first, I'm like, I knew he had a bad year. I knew right. he missed a lot. I didn't know he didn't. I didn't know he had zero touchdowns. Yeah, I thought he was, had maybe two or three. It was borderline shocking, to be honest. But it yeah, was you're very shocking. They did not play well. They still won this game. I mean, the Bears were so inept, though, Jerry, offensively, that if New Orleans was playing anyone else besides, uh, I don't know, well, maybe even Washington. I mean, if anyone else besides Chicago, they might lose this yes. game. Agreed. And here's what we're going to tell you about aimsystems.live. All right, that game, New Orleans, it opened 10, 10 and a half. It closed as high as 11, 11 and a half, okay? It landed right on 11. We'll go back to Tampa Bay. They opened up around seven and a half. They owed up at seven and a half. They got bet up with the Alex Smith news. They were bet up to nine, nine and a half, even some 10. How about this, Brad? New Orleans opens 10, 10 and a half, closes 12, lands on 11. Tampa... Open seven, seven and a half, closes nine, lands right on eight. Uh, you know, we did the teaser where we had minus two and a half and minus two and a half, minus yep. three. Never in doubt for our teasers, but boy, those point spreads, depending on when you bet it, you know, we we took a loser and made it a winner. 
And that's why we are the teaser king over here. So I went a little bit out of order. Saints, Bucks, never in doubt as far as winning the game. The spread was always in doubt for both games. Let's go over to Baltimore where we told you, we told you, the COVID, when Lamar Jackson got a chance to get himself right, man, and since they were 6-5 and five, and they reeled off five straight wins to get into the playoff, and remember with Tennessee, when Derrick Henry, when people said they quit, when Henry got that touchdown in overtime, that 30-yard run where nobody wanted a piece of him, and they danced on the logo, well, that stuff is long gone because Baltimore – exacting their revenge from last year. Did you have something you want to add there? I was going to say, at the just to kind of put a bow on uh, the Bears Saints there, Jimmy Graham, that touchdown oh, yeah, at the end, one clock expired. Catch. Maybe the catch of the year. Like, I, legit. And the funny thing is, he got off the ground and ran straight to the locker room. <laughs> that was classic. That was yeah, classic. Was a, a phenomenal catch. I mean, yeah, the one-handed grab by the old man. The old UM power forward for, this, for the basketball team. But you're right, though, Jerry. This Baltimore-Tennessee game, you were all over this. On Friday's podcast, you thought Again, Baltimore so far, was going to get no the re- revenge. So far, no losers, no losers so far. You're perfect. You thought they were going to get revenge, and that's what happened. I mean, Lamar Jackson, it's still amazing to me that when a defense knows what the opposing offense is going to do, they know what Lamar Jackson is going to do, and they still don't have an answer for it. I mean, that's how yeah. dominant he was in this game running the ball. He is the MVP from last year. He's yep. not the guy that started the first 11 games that went 6-5. and five. But a, a funny thing is, you know, I hate when these coaches are like hyperbole or exaggerating or prisoners of the moment. I like John Harbaugh and I love me some Lamar Jackson. And that was a great run that he had to make it 10-10 when they were down 10-3. They were down 10 nothing in this game. And you said, oh, here we go again. Yeah. But John Harbaugh, did you hear what he said? He said it was the best run in the history of the NFL that he's ever seen a quarterback do. Now, I'm going to argue that. He was lumping the praise him down. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it was the best ever. All right. He's a prisoner of the moment. These guys like to talk up their guys. He's a clown. I hate when people say crap like this. He knows that's not true. He's just trying to back up his guy. It was not the greatest run in the history of the NFL by a quarterback. Uh, Steve yeah, Young might uh, beg to differ, one of yeah, many. Or Michael Vick or <laughs> Randall Cunningham or any one of yeah. these guys. I mean, there might even be one. That I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and go look at the tape and prove him wrong. It was a great run, all right? It wasn't the best in the history of the NFL. But it didn't even make, like, the Sports Center top 10. I don't even think it was the number one play from yesterday. No. Much less, much less the entire NFL. So Baltimore gets that win, and I got a sneaky suspicion here, Brad. Got a long way to go. Yeah, but I think they may knock off Buffalo. All right, Ooh. we don't. We're not going to talk about it right now. Okay, but one more game to talk about. So so far we've won every game. Yep. And then we come to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, who last week went into Cleveland and played a two point game without Ben Roethlisberger on the road. Now they come home, and they have Big Ben. And before you blink, it's 14-0. And guess what? It got worse from there. Like, before you blink, it's 14-0. You're like, okay, Pittsburgh, let's let's reboot. And then it's 28-0. And this moron Mike Tomlin, who I cannot stand all the credit he gets as being some great coach, he's a clown, all right? He won with Bill Cowher's players. He makes mistakes with all the talent that they've had and Big Ben for that long and the Antonio Browns and Le'Veon Bells and – all the stuff that they had over there and the dominating defenses, he's not won nowhere near enough what he should has. Now, he comes out here yesterday, and I'm putting the blame square on his shoulders. All right? Square on his shoulders. We got a 28-0 ball game. All right, the dog is making an appearance. He doesn't Always. like Mike Tomlin either. So <laughs> have to shut him he knows what's up. So 
28-0, Brad, on the plus 38. What do I mean by the plus 38? On the Cleveland 38. Going in. Yeah, it's fourth and eight. Yeah, I get that. But how do you punt down 28-0 from the plus 38? Okay? Like, even if you don't get it, okay, they get the ball at the 38-yard line. Big bleeping deal. He punts there. And guess what? That wasn't even the worst decision, Brad. Was it yeah. you even said off air? You didn't think it could have gone worse. It sure did. Pittsburgh goes into half down 35-10. All right, whatever. They come out, they score. First time they get the ball in the second half. Great. Let's go, Pittsburgh. They get a three and out. They score again. Let's go, Pittsburgh. We're in this game. We got it. We got them. They have the ball. They have a fourth and one from the midfield stripe, exactly on the 50, down 12 with 13 minutes to go in this game. And this coward, this little weasel that doesn't belong in the NFL, sends out the punt team. There, I mean, there's viewpoints from all over the spectrum. There was not one person besides Mike Tomlin who thought that was a good decision. Even like Collinsworth and Michael who love um, Tomlin, who are very diplomatic, really don't throw people under the bus. Even they knew it. Twitter was exploding. Like in the year 2021 with all the analytics. I mean, there's no way, no how you can punt fourth and one from the 50 down 12 or 12. It was inexcusable. inexcusable. It was. And this is what happens sometimes, though, when you don't have a running game. And when you can't pick up short yardage situations for a first down, you start to just kind of second guess everything. And I think that's what happens. Or you're just a coward and you're afraid of your own shadow. And you say, (laughs) oh, uh, we want to punt him deep, play field position, and get the ball in a better spot. Better spot than the 50, Mike? I mean, come on. I mean, Jesus. Again, I'm, I'm I'm very upset because I lost the bet. I'm very upset because I said they were going to be one and done, and I still put hard-earned money on this clown. Anyway, aimsystems.live. That was our only loser, and I'm going to blame it squarely on Mike Tomlin. Again, I don't want to get too worked up. I'm a little annoyed with him. Uh, You know, He had two of the worst decisions in the history of the NFL in the same game, punting down 28-0 from the 38, punting down 12, fourth and one from midfield. Both just disgusting, disgusting displays. Yeah, big cowardice. mistakes. Not the reason why they ultimately lost the game, no, though. They were going to lose the game it, anyhow. It, didn't help. it did not you know, help. You had all the momentum in the world, and you just ruined it. Yeah, everyone thought. Everyone thought the COVID outbreak on the Cleveland Browns team here was going to affect this team. It didn't happen. It actually did the opposite, right? This team rallied yeah. together. Stefanski from his basement. Did you see some people were saying that we needed to get like a Stefanski cam? Yeah, I heard that. Did you hear they, that? It's pretty funny. I don't. Yeah, that, that is pretty funny, and and, that, and I wish they did that. But again, getting back to that punt, yeah, you know, of course he kicks it into the end zone. That's a gimme. And then they're at the twenty yard in three snaps. Three snaps. They're past the point where if he would have just got stuffed on fourth down, they would have had the ball. In three snaps, they were on the Pittsburgh forty. You know, they could have got it at the midfield. Okay, so again, I'm done with that. Let's go on to the final game of the college football season tonight a season yeah. that got played in full. No thanks to the PAC 12 or the big 10. Uh, no thanks to some of these morons that were saying there was going to be kids dying on the field. Again, I don't want to make light of the coronavirus. I know it's real. I know it's a pandemic, but the, the articles, the, the gotcha headlines are athletes are dying on the field. You would think that it was like world war two. And there was like stretchers and body bags and like just piling them up on the sidelines. 
that kind of stuff has got no business in this world. You're just a bunch of clowns. But we finished the season, all right? Alabama played 11 games. And we got, arguably, the two best teams before the season started up there with Clemson. Two of the top three, at least. These are the teams we expected to be here. And they got there. So as crazy as the 2020 season was, there is some normalcy tonight. And it's being played in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Thank God it's not out in the Rose Bowl or somewhere where they'd have to cut the game at halftime and say we missed curfew. You know? Yeah, two different worlds right now, right? Compared to like coast to coast. This yeah. spread though, Jerry, I see it's moving more in the direction of the tide. Not a big surprise. It's up to nine now. I'm seeing Alabama favorite, obviously. I, how? What is your read on this game at the moment? Just based off what we saw, obviously, Ohio State, Fields, what he did against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson in the semifinal game. And then, of course, we saw Alabama coming off of their win over Notre Dame. And, you know, these two teams are here now. Uh, what is your sense? Are you moving more in the direction of do you think Ohio State has a chance to keep this close? Or are you going the other way with it, more of a Alabama route? Well, here's where we're going to go with this. I'm going to tell you right now, roll tide, baby. Lay the nine with Alabama Crimson Tide tonight. There's a couple of reasons for that. Mathematically, the opener of seven was right. And the early money, early sharp money laying the seven, getting into eight, we believe is the right side. Uh, even here at nine, there's not much difference between seven and a half and nine. There is a difference between seven and nine. But seven and a half and nine, games don't really land eight or nine in, in college football. That's just a dead number. But here's the thing. Ohio State... Justin Fields took a huge blow. I know he finished the game, and I know he was great, but that's adrenaline getting pumped with shots. You got a week to sit back. Those ribs, I'm sure they're still hurting, and they probably hurt on every throw he makes, all right? That's number one. Jalen Waddell, don't really expect him to play, but there's there's talk that he's now questionable. Guy broke his ankle. In like the opening or second game of the year, I think it was October. How big is he, Jerry, though, if he can go tonight? How big is he? For them. Well, here's here's how big he is. If if you look at the mock drafts right now, it's like Devontae Smith sixth and Jalen Wadden seventh. So the Heisman Trophy winner is supposed to be pretty much it's equal amazing. to Jalen Waddle. Now, I don't think he'll be a factor as far as making catches, but if you put him on the field opposite Devontae Smith, you have to account for him. He's got like four three seven speed. He's like Henry Ruggs. You have to account for him. Maybe that opens up the box for Najee Harris. Maybe he's just a decoy. Uh, maybe he catches one pass early, and then they just use him on, you know, just as a decoy. But I just think the combination of fields being a little banged up, combination of Waddle, even if he doesn't play, maybe even just getting on the field, uh, and also a combination of there's rumors of some COVID stuff out there. You know, Ohio on the State, defense, I think, you know, Ryan especially Davis, right. I'm, on the defense, yeah. What's that? Yeah, on the defense. Yeah, if I look at the injury list, there's a lot of questionable guys. I mean, there's like 17 people listed as questionable. I'm assuming they're all gonna they're all gonna pass, but they're they they may not disclose everything. There might be come kickoff, there might be some guys that aren't playing that you expected to play. Like if I look at this, there's like 18 or 19 guys where it says undisclosed questionable, undisclosed questionable. Und- I mean, like. Uh, I see three offensive linemen, a tight end, three defensive linemen, a defensive tackle. You know, I just see, like, it's like a long, long list. Now, I guess I expect them all to play, but um, maybe they're not all, all their conditioning isn't there. 
I don't know. There's a combination of factors where seven was probably the light right line. And with other things that are added into it, I'm going to lay the nine in a big way. Look to close out the season very strong with Alabama. Go ahead and lay the nine for your free play of the day. I mean, I, we had a long show. We had a long, lot of lot to talk about. Lots of winners. Let's try to finish it on a winning note. Anything to add before we cut off? Yeah, just that I, I agree with you in the sense of this is going to be a high-scoring game tonight. I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? Everyone's in agreement on that one. And, you know, Fields, he, this guy's a competitor. He's pretty tough. I, I don't think he's going to roll over tonight. I'm with you. This tied team is just very, very strong. But I would just, you know, keep your eye on some players for Ohio State. Obviously, they're going to have guys who are going to play at the next level. So, just something to keep an eye on to see how some of these guys might translate over uh, to Sundays down the line here. So, well, let me tell you again before we go. You know, I'm I'm an elite athlete, yes. explosive skills. I played high school football and I cracked some ribs. Just sneezing, coughing, breathing hurt. All right, okay, I'm not <laughs> Justin Fields, but like just breathing hurt. Imagine going to play against Alabama, yeah, can't imagine. the number one <laughs> team in the country, and and how about throwing the ball forty times a day? You know, with all that torque, I don't know. I just think the lines makers are good at their jobs. They built those hotels for a reason. So anytime you can find any little tiny advantage, you got to exploit it. Go roll tide, lay the nine, and we will speak to you manana. Thank you, Jerry. Enjoy the championship game tonight. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And keep living the dream.